Our scripture reading for today comes from Paul's letter to Galatians, chapter 6, verse 1 through 5. Hear the word of the Lord. My friends, if anyone is detected in a transgression, you who have received the Spirit should restore such as one in a spirit of gentleness. Take care that you yourself are not tempted. Bear one another's burdens, and in the way you will fulfill the law of Christ. For if those who are nothing think they are something, they deceive themselves. All must test their own work. Then that work, rather than their neighbor's work, will become a cause of pride. For all must carry their own loads. May God add blessing to the reading, hearing, and understanding of the scripture. I just want to take a second and let's just acknowledge how great the band has been doing today. I feel the spirit moving through the band. Thank you, Philip. Thank you, band. Y'all are doing phenomenal. So I made this joke in first service and I was really proud of it. So I'm going to make it again in second service, even though it doesn't apply as much because we have some people that ruin it for everybody. Uh, it's a good thing. Don't worry. Uh, but you're one of them. Uh, <laughs> so what, what I said was uh, I had a couple people note that they weren't really sure how they felt about me preaching in front of the communion table last time. And I said, well, I will stop preaching in front of the communion table when the first person does not sit in row nine. Um, but obviously in this service, that doesn't apply so much. But I still like being down here and among you all because there's too much negative space between the pulpit and right here. Um, so may the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be always faithful in your sight, O Lord, my rock and redeemer. Amen. I don't know how many of you know this, but off and on, I have tried to do this devotional blog website thing, and I often fail. And if you look at the website, you'll notice a significant drop-off in March of 2020. Like something happened that month that made me just not want to do things that I had been doing. But I try and often fail to write a weekly devotional based off of the lectionary text for each Week. The lectionary text, for those that don't know, is just a series of scripture readings uh, that a higher up universal church uh, group has decided if you read these readings over a three-year period, you're going to get all the important stuff. Last week, the gospel story was that of Jesus preaching to a crowd from a boat on the sea in the gospel of Luke. After he speaks, he tells Simon to cast his net over the side and to pull it back in. Simon, being drained from what was very likely a long, grueling day of fishing and catching very little, but grudgingly did as Jesus requested. And when he tried to pull the net back into his boat, it was far too heavy for him to pull it into his boat. In fact, it was so heavy that he called out to his friends who were on the shore and said, hey, come on out here. I can't pull this net in by myself. I need your help. When they arrived, they lifted the nets onto the boats, and both boats were so filled with fish that they started to sink from the weight. What does it mean to be in community and to be sharing in one another's burdens? That is the question that we are exploring today, and according to Paul, who wrote the passage from Galatians that we were heard Grant read, it is the only way he suggests here to fulfill the law of Christ, the law to love God, love neighbor, 
and to love self. The law to love. Now, how many of you here have the tendency when you are going through it, whether that be a bout of depression or anxiety, frustration with the circumstance that you find yourself in, or anything that has had some sort of negative effect on your life, just retreat into yourself and bottle it all up. (laughs) This is not a question that you have to raise your hands for, but if you did, I admire your honesty and open admittance to this, because that means that you know it is something to be worked on. You see, there's this toxic view in our world today that makes people think that experiencing, and I mean truly experiencing, any sort of emotion, whether that be sadness, fear, or anything other than anger and happiness, is a bad thing. This is furthest from the truth. Jesus experienced every single one of those emotions throughout the Gospels that we get to read. We should enter into our sadness. We should struggle with it. We should wrestle with it. And we should force a blessing out of it so that we may grow in our ministries and in our faith. And the best part is, you don't have to do it alone. What does Paul say? Carry each other's burdens. Not carry your own burden. Not carry someone else's burden as well as your own burden. But to share the load. Be in a community of people that can lift you up when you are low and can knock you down when you need humbling. Like in the story from Luke's gospel, Simon would not have been able to carry the weight of those fish without the help of his friends. And even then, it almost wasn't enough. There's this new movie that I'm sure absolutely none of you have heard of called Encanto. If you have kids or grandkids, you probably heard something about Don't Talk About Bruno, that movie. Spoilers incoming, but it's been 81 days since it came out and it's on Disney Plus, so at this point, it's on you. One of the members of this miraculous family's name is Luisa, and she has the power of great strength. She is called upon to do all kinds of feats, like carrying upwards of eight donkey on her shoulders, donkeys, donkey, donkeys on her shoulder, to lifting and straightening whole buildings. Luisa has arguably one of the best songs in the whole film called Surface Pressure. That is a breakdown of how she feels as the, people with the, as the person with the role to literally carry the weight of the whole town on her back. In it, you get a sneak peek into how she really feels about this role. And it's not a good one. She calls the weight crushing, but she refuses to talk to anyone about it because she is supposed to be the strong one. The one that can handle anything. Listen to what she says about her dreams. I'm not going to sing it, so don't worry. But wait, if I could shake the crushing weight of expectations, would that free some room up for joy? Would that free some room up for joy? You see, she is noticing here that her trying to do this all by herself is causing her to sacrifice joy in her life. I feel like that can resonate with a lot of us in this room today. 
How many times have we missed out on the joy of something because we were stuck in our own heads about something completely different? It was weighing us down. It was sinking our boat. The problem that occurs whenever you bottle something up is that one day, inevitably, it's going to pop. You'll say something you regret. You'll burn a bridge that you wanted to keep. Or you'll lose the friends that you had because you became too closed off. Part of loving yourself is knowing that it is okay to talk to others about what you are going through. It's knowing that there are people in the world, in this church, in your Sunday school classes, that would much rather see you cry and be vulnerable than to never feel like they knew you. Or worse, to never see you again. Part of loving yourself is letting others have the chance to show that they love you. To show you that they are in your corner through the thick of it and at all times. Swallow your pride. Let someone listen. Be a blessing to someone by letting them be a blessing to you. In doing this, you honor God. You fulfill the law. Pastor Marshall, I, I want to start trying this whole listening thing, but I don't know what I should say. How do I handle this situation? There is no right answer to that. Personally, one of my go-tos, and some of you in this room may have heard it from me, is this. Do you want me to receive that, or do you want to talk about it? This gives the individual the chance to just say, I just needed to get this crud off my chest, or... I could really use some guidance. And then you go from there. One important thing about that second part is knowing your own limitations on how much you can help someone. If you have reached your threshold of what you can do, then the best thing to do is to take them to someone who can continue the help. Whether that be a pastor, whether that be a therapist, whatever that be. And you can go with them because that's a part of the journey is going on it together. And like I said, there is no right answer, but <laughs> there is a wrong answer. In fact, it is a very wrong answer. Their names are Eliphaz, Bildad, and Zophar. Some of you may recognize those names, and some others of you may think I just spoke in tongues. These three individuals are the so-called friends of Job, whose story we can find in the Hebrew Bible. I say they are so-called friends because what they are, the way that they are available to Job is like the least friendly way you could do it. For those of you that don't know, they waited the minimum amount time of time required by the law to let Job mourn, as in they did the absolute bare minimum. But as soon as that time was up, the second that time was up, they just started going in on Job they accused him of doing all sorts of things that ultimately would have led to the destruction of Job's life that he began to encounter. They named nearly every sin under the sun that could have been committed to try and figure out what exactly Job did. And if you know the story, we know that Job did none of those things. He was a model citizen the model follower of the law of God, the person that we should all strive to be, his faith was strong despite all that he was encountering. 
How often have we heard people say these types of things to others when they're in mourning? How often have we been the recipient of people saying those things to us? What good does that kind of thing do? Even if it was our fault that something happened to us, what good is, point, is putting the blame on them? Reminding someone that they are the reason that they're in the horrible situation that they are in is not the kind of sharing in one another's burdens that Paul is telling, no commanding us to do. This is not what it means to restore one another in love. Instead, what needs to be done is to sit with someone as they are going through it, offer advice and guidance if and when they are ready for it and if and when they ask for it. We need to sit with people as they are struggling and encourage them to continue to wrestle and struggle until they can force a blessing out of it. Maybe you are one of those people right now who needs someone. Maybe you are already taking the steps to find someone to talk to, whether that be a therapist, a group of friends, a church small group, or all of the above, to which I say, that's awesome. Maybe you're one of the people that needs someone, but you don't know how. You can't think of any friends that you would go to with any of this, and based off of previous experiences, you don't think you could trust anyone in the first place. Let me be the one that you hear this from. I am so sorry that someone did that to you. But let me tell you something. If you are in this room right now, look around you. If you are online, look at how many people are watching with you right now. Or type, I'm here. Let us be that community that restores your hopes. Let us be that community that sits with you and travels alongside you and helps to carry your load with you. That's what we are here for. That's what these gatherings on Sunday morning should be for, not to check off a list that you came to church on Sunday so then when you go to heaven, you have a whole Excel spreadsheet of every time you ever went to church, including what you prayed for, who you prayed for, and how many times you said amen during the, the sermon or the songs or whatever. This should be a place where we treat everyone like a neighbor, a place where we offer help when we can and wait for someone to be ready to receive that help, a place where you, whoever you are and whoever you may be, can experience the love that God has for you through the relationships you gain in a community. The last thing that I want to say is that burdens aren't always a bad thing. Recall the story from Luke that I talked about earlier. Their boats were being overfilled, but that is not a bad burden, though the imagery helps drive home the point of why bad burdens should be shared as well. The burden that Simon and his friends were carrying on their boats that day is the burden of the love of Christ that Christ has for all of God's creation. That burden they were carrying is the burden of knowing that no matter how bad it gets, no matter what you may do, a blessing will come from it. Those good burdens are the ones that should be shared with others as well. Take your blessing and let it bless others. If we are all able to help lighten the load of the person sitting next to us, or the person across the street from you, or the person that is 300 miles away watching on Facebook, 
everything will start to feel lighter. When everything starts to feel lighter, the trauma that we experience, the pain, the sorrow, the anger that we experience will not have the power to control our minds or our hearts because we know that we have God and we know that we have each other. Know that you are loved and know that you are not alone. Let us pray. Amazing God, we thank you for the reminder from your word that we are not alone in anything. That we have a community that we can fall back on and that we have a community that we can be open and vulnerable with. I pray that you give us the strength and the will and the humility to let ourselves be vulnerable within our communities so that way we may lighten our own load and in turn help others lighten theirs. In your holy name we pray, amen. Amen. Let us go together to the Lord's table.